With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey, guys. Welcome in. SEC Championship Week. Yet again. We got the Jakes. We got Palmer Toms. I'm Wes Blankenship. This is the Georgia Show. Guys, I needed uh, some probiotics after this long weekend. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I, need, I needed some electrolytes is what I needed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> should make a probiotic electrolyte sub, dude, substance. Dude, I'm telling you, after spending – and I know Palmer's got the same kind of blues going on after spending about 35 hours on the road um, in a three-week period. I think both of us kind of need a, need a nap. Um, hopefully, you know, the, the college football playoff committee, everything plays out like you think it will. Hopefully they won't get too froggy and think they got to overthink this thing and send George out to Phoenix as the number two seed um, and send Michigan to Atlanta. That would be a real bummer. <laughs> well, it was also nice to have a noon game yesterday and, and yeah. have that afternoon um, because, like you said, we, we've been on the road and we had a night game at Mississippi State, an afternoon at, at in Lexington. Uh, with, with a long day of travel afterwards, both days, before and afterwards, both days. So to be in Athens for a noon game, get to sit on the couch for the afternoon and the night slate, uh, the end of the afternoon and, and all the night slate, that was that was pretty nice, Jake. And 22-year-old Palmer sitting there with a lady on each arm watching. Uh, <laughs> watching, flipping it, back, flipping it back and forth between USC, Notre Dame, and Tennessee Vanderbilt. Hey, hey, you, you assume that I just have one TV. Right. I got two TVs over here. The, the French call that. I, I, I said Palmer's a professional <laughs> sports watcher. <laughs> Tighten up. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that Michigan hypothetical, Jake. Don't just tease us like that. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. What are uh, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm no Heather Dennich. Okay. Uh, but I will say this, um, I can see it and I, I would understand the argument. I wouldn't agree with it, but I would understand it. Um, look, man, you look at that AP and that coaches poll today, um, especially the coaches poll, um, Penn state's number seven and Ohio state's number five. That all of a sudden has Michigan with two wins higher than Georgia's best win because Tennessee and Oregon have taken a hit lately. But I think what kind of buoys Georgia and keeps Georgia where it's at is that the, the Kentucky, Mississippi State, and uh, the Kentucky, Mississippi State, and South Carolina wins all got better on Saturday. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see Kentucky slipping back into the top 25. Um, they were in there and then lost two games, Vandy and Georgia. Um, so – I don't think you're going to see Kentucky get back in, but Mississippi State and South Carolina could be back in there. You might see South Carolina slide inside the top 20. They're 20, and I believe both the coaches and the AP. Um, you know, I still think if I had to bet on it, I would still say Georgia. Um, by the way, don't follow my gambling advice because I'm on one of the most horrible runs, and I've lost my first place lead. In our you staff. are um, your New I'm York. You're New York Mets in this thing. Yeah, I really am, dude. I just, uh, Timmy Trumpet came and just cursed me uh, <laughs> at some point. I had him over, and he, and he just ruined me. Uh, but, yeah, so I think George will be there. If I had to bet on it, I'd say George is going to be that team. But, I mean, the possibility is there. And, you know, if that, that means for us, you know, poor, pitiful Georgia media 
that we would have to go spend a lot of time in Arizona. And then, uh, you know, if Georgia wins a lot, you know, significant amount of time in Los Angeles in the winter, um, that's, that's really tough. Um, I well, don't want to do it. I was recently in uh, Scottsdale, see my cap here. So mm-hmm. good news is plenty of uh, good golf swings to be had while we're not working, if there is such a thing. Yeah, you left them out there? You left all the birdies out there for us? <laughs> I did. I'll tell you how to get them. And um, I, I, feel like, I feel like that would be advantageous for Georgia personally if things stayed the same, right? I, I think TCU is a better matchup for Georgia than USC. <clears throat> personally. Yeah, about this. This is such a fascinating conversation. I've been thinking about this all day. And I think – I agree. I think TCU is, the, is probably the less dangerous team. But I think that if Georgia could play USC in Atlanta, I think it could have its cake and eat it, to, eat it too. It could play close to home. It could play a team that has to come all the way across the country. And it can also play a team that has the Heisman Trophy winner and the Trojan on the side of the helmet and the history. And How about that blue blood of- run that that would be for Georgia? You look going back to last season, you got Michigan, you got Bama. Right. You could have USC, maybe Michigan again in the natty. Right, yeah, a lot of blue blood. Yeah, right, yeah. Just blue well, and, and LSU, you know, is, is a pretty prestigious program too. Right, blue blood all over the football field. You got it all over your jersey. It's just it's knee deep in blue blood. Knee deep in blue blood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, but if you think about that, like the, the big thing for me is the Heisman Trophy winner because that has cachet. That I mean, my concern for for Georgia for the playoff is having to play back to back games in Atlanta and maybe being bored, or you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're that's not, where Georgia is right now. Maybe you're not just. Maybe I, you're I'm not, not poking holes in that because I I I see where you're coming from, but if that's the thing that Georgia has to worry about, think about all the other teams that are thinking about how do we stop Georgia's uh, rushing attack now with Kenny McIntosh? How do we block? That front yeah. seven and Georgia's like, ah, do we really want to play in Atlanta twice? It's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying they're a good problem to have, but I'm just talking about just that there's a little bit of hunger, that little bit of fire, you know, that you saw from USC last night. If you watched that Notre Dame game, by the way, you saw a very hungry, tenacious, nasty football team. And you know, if the same Georgia that shows up showed up against Tennessee shows up, you know, in three games in a row, dude, we're doing. Celebration Sunday Part Two. Okay. All right. Well, well, why haven't they? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, you can say young team, but man, I remember those Pete Carroll USC teams. They won two titles in a row, and then they ran through the 20, 2005 season, right? Uh, undefeated, played Texas. I thought they were going to beat the shoes off of Texas. I thought they were going to beat it off everybody. I thought there was the, the the greatest team you know ever assembled. Um, but they had so many close calls. Throughout that season, I think they almost lost to Fresno State. Yeah. They're just, that was not a young team. That was a veteran team. And that team just kind of toyed with its food a little bit. And I think Georgia's kind of running into that. And I also think that Georgia's also, I've, listen, there's no inside information here, but I also believe that Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin are kind of protecting their quarterback for a stretch run. I'm not saying he's hurt. I just think they're just trying to take care of him and limit his exposure so that they've got him for these next three because the game plan of the last two weeks just don't make a whole lot of sense when you consider they throw the ball about the same amount of times in two weeks that they threw in one game. Um, Do you think, though, I mean, I, my, my concern there, and I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, is like – Rest versus the, rust. The, I mean, yes, the idea of, like, can you just turn it on like that? Can they just flip that switch, or is this not something that – I mean, I you know, that's going to be the classic question, of course, but I don't know that I necessarily – agree with that idea I, I can see where you're coming from and i'm not I saying don't either. i'm not saying i'm not saying you're wrong I, I just don't know that i agree with the idea of doing it. i don't either no i'm 100 with you i don't know that i agree with it either um you know to that i would say i mean i guess if you're them and you're thinking about it that way well you've got him you know roughly uh you know you got him like, what is it 18 and 19 attempts and back-to-back games so you haven't shut him down um, but but they, they've done nothing to get him into a rhythm. And, guys, look back at the season, right? If you look back at the season, when have they put the ball in Stetson Bennett's hands right, right to start with and been like, oh, crap, we shouldn't have done that? I mean, every single game that they have come out firing from the opening drive, um, 
I mean, more often, I mean, I, I mean, I can't be sure, but I would say they probably jumped out to a lead and all but maybe one of those games. I, I can't call recall one where they didn't. And every single time where they've come out and they've got the kid into a rhythm, he's had his best games of the year. I think yeah. it's a Talladega Knights team. They want to go fast. Yeah. I mean, Jake, we, t- we talked about it after that Kentucky game is you look back and you look at Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, you know, the, Vanderbilt, those games that he gets going early, he's – and Georgia makes it a point to get him going early. He's played very well. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's just a Stetson thing too. I think that you – I think it's easy to say that it's a Stetson thing that, that they're limiting him, but I think that they are putting, you know, the, the reins on this entire offense. And I do, I think that's part of the reason why we've seen, uh, you know, a heavier dosage of the ground game and, and we've seen the emergence of those guys. And now defenses are looking at this Georgia team and saying, okay, well, you know, you've got Kenny McIntosh, you've got a ground game. That's, that's very, you know, potent. How do we defend that? Well, in putting more emphasis on that, that, in turn opens things up for Stetson in that passing game that they probably haven't shown over the last couple of weeks. It opens things up for them, uh, you know, as, as the emphasis turns towards the run game. So I think in, it, it's weird because I think that you're not seeing what Georgia is fully capable of, but in doing that, they are opening the door to the fact that they can do more, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, okay. Was- I'll take the bait on that. Uh, you settle down a little bit. You don't put as much out there. I, I, I'm hearing you on that. I'm going to take the other angle here and uh, just say Georgia doesn't need to be worried about uh, controlling their own tempo, turning it on, turning it off. This whole season has been like a light switch. There and you it's, go. Yep. It's It's like a – it's not even like a light switch with a dimmer. It's just like – we either got all the lights on tonight or no, we're just going to let Stetson throw it uh, 19 times. I, I'm curious though, too. Uh, Lucy Bowers over in the comments mentions. She that said, Brock's mom. Yeah, I, I do think, I, I, do, I do, I do think the shoulder is bothering him the last few games. I mean, road, you have any, I mean, thoughts on. I haven't heard that. Um, you know, I, I did hear it right around the time that, that, it, you know, that Kirby confirmed that he was banged up. Um, I know that against Tennessee, that Dejon Edwards fumble, he didn't show anything, you know, any ill effects later on in that game. I thought he almost got his arm ripped off on that play. I mean, that was uh, – if you go back and watch that, that was a pretty violent play. Um, yeah, he's flexing it and everything. And, you know, obviously, you know, the memes are out of the girl rubbing his forearm um, <laughs> during the game. You know, get you get you somebody like this girl looks at Stetson Bennett. It looks to you like this girl looks at Stetson Bennett. Um, she, was, she, was, uh, she was, you know, very doughy-eyed and happy to be where she was. Um, but, uh, so you got that going on. I don't, but when you see the ball come out of his hands, like, I mean, I know the one came out of his hands weird against, uh, against Kentucky. Y'all, I'm, I swear to God, that ball blew 15 yards off the hash toward the other hash. Um, the, the, the crosswind right there was ridiculous. And I think it probably knocked it down. How about the one yesterday also, to Bowers? Yeah. Um, but he, 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 the ball's coming out of his hand. I felt like pretty good. I thought, I thought the throw to Arian Smith was good. Um, you know, he, uh, he had some good throws in that, uh, in that Missouri, I'm sorry, the Mississippi State game. McIntosh throw was pretty good. Yep. Yeah. And, and not only that, but they threw the ball 37 times on the road against Mississippi State. Then you go into Kentucky where, you know, Kirby apparently, you know, basically talked about after the game, how they were like, yep, we knew we were going to play the game like this. We played the game like this. Um, basically said that in the post game, which, you know, whatever he's got the stomach for it, let him do it. You know that that's why a lot yeah. of a lot of people watching it. You know, they think the best way to win is to go out and try to score as many points as possible. Well, when you, sometimes when you go out and try to score as many points as possible, because you can't just score as many points as possible. It's not that easy. We try to do that, you end up screwing up a little bit. And I think Georgia was worried about that. They felt their best chance to win was to, you know, grind it out and 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 basically you know punch it out with Kentucky, and they did, and they won, and it got them there. So. I don't think that there's, you know, and I know what uh, Chris is referring to here with the pre-bye week, post-bye week stuff. It's, you know, explosive pass percentage is down and, and the passing is down on first and second down. I think a lot of that is skewed by the last couple of games where Georgia has just been super ground heavy. And um, I think that's intentional on Georgia's part. I don't think Stetson Bennett is hurt. 
I think Georgia has just chosen to limit his exposure with the game plan the last couple of weeks. And I'll be pretty surprised if we're not back to our, you know, 32 to 35 attempts, um, what we're looking at from Stetson Bennett um, here, you know, starting in the SEC championship game and then going That's, forward. Yeah, um, because that. we do know Georgia's going to have some more meaningful football after the SEC championship one way or the other. How about uh, instead of – Worrying about uh, where Stetson is and what's wrong with Stetson. How about let's uh, take a look and appreciate what Kenny McIntosh is doing for this team. He yeah, is a, I mean, he, he's a dog he, right now. He's been on a tear. And and we talked to Kenny after the game. Kirby mentioned it. Stetson mentioned it. Um, it you know, it really goes back to that that fumble that he had against Florida. They said that he's he's been pissed off, running like, you know, a madman. Uh, since that fumble, wanting to make up for his mistake there. You you saw it some in that game. He, he turned in a career high. I think it was 94 yards in that game. A couple weeks later against Florida, has a career high. Or, excuse me, against against uh, Kentucky this past week, had a, had a career high rushing total. Uh, and, and then yesterday had a career high total yardage total as he led – All purpose Georgia. back. Yeah, as he led Georgia in both rushing and receiving – um, you know, talking to Kenny after the game, he said, look, this is my last year. This is something I've waited for uh, all my life. You know, he understands the opportunity that he has, um, not only at Georgia, but, to, you know, to potentially help himself out down the road with NFL draft coming up. And, you know, I think what he's showing the last couple of weeks, both as a you know runner and as a receiver, certainly helping his stock there. And I, and I don't think we can underestimate what the guy's done. I, I think Kenny McIntosh has saved the Georgia running game. Uh, I, I don't think anybody else has been super effective. Dejan Edwards just has a couple of moments. Uh, you know, Kendall Milton's had a, a pop here and there. But Kenny is sheltering that load and doing so very admirably. And I think that that, is, that emergence, especially into this stretch and hopefully continuing that momentum, I think that that's going to be huge for Georgia moving into these uh, the, the SEC championship and the playoffs. You look at a regular season, hundred yards receiving in the opener, uh, ninety-one yards receiving and receiving in game twelve, hundred seventy-seven total yards. He got off to a really slow start this year as a runner mm-hmm. um, through the first few games. You know, I was I was kind of taking a victory lap on my pick that Dejon Edwards to lead the team in rushing. Hmm. Not doing that really anymore, even though Dejon had a good, really good game. I think Dejan has had some some really good moments in almost every game except for like the two previous to this one. I Those agree. Very dead for him. The guy I'm telling you that that you know is I feel like is coming on and has a has you know I, and listen I, this started about Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh is awesome. He's a beast. He's doing some things for Georgia right now that's amazing. Man, I'm telling you, Kendall Milton just has a little bit more juice than than most backs do this time of year. Uh, from the time he missed, from shoulder, from from you know having a small piece of the load, the uh, smaller piece of the load than a lot of running backs earlier in the year, um, you know I think if Georgia can can kind of get through LSU, give Kenny McIntosh a chance to kind of get some rest, a few days off there, and get his legs back um, to you know a little bit more juice in them, along with Kendall Milton, um, you know Georgia could have kind of a, a ground a ground game here in the playoff and, and the SEC championship game that that kind of makes them really put teams in a pick-your-poison situation. Part of what I noticed about the Milton game plan, I'm not taking anything away from him, he is thriving late in the game when the opposing D-line defense has just been pummeled by Georgia's O-line. He's getting stronger as the game goes on. If Kendall Milton can continue to be consistent in those moments – uh, then that is a great asset for Georgia's uh, backfield. And it's what they try to do every year. I just think it's taken a little bit longer for the pieces to come together and step up and just be automatic. You, you look back and, and think about how you may have taken Zeus and James Cook for granted because that rotation – and Kenny was in there too, but now he's the feature guy, it seems like. Uh, it, it's just taking some time for those guys to be automatic. Uh, someone that is automatic for us – is breakingtea.com. We've got a link to Breaking Tea in this show's episode description. Uh, we highlight them every week because they are putting together top-notch apparel uh, for the dogs. And they've got uh, NIL promotions with Stetson Bennett 
and with Brock Bowers, those talented Georgia tight ends, Chris Smith even, who's stepping up and just having a stellar senior season on the back end of that dog's defense. Check out BreakingT.com. You need a new dog's T-shirt. You need a dog's coffee mug. I believe they got those. They got it for you. Uh, head on over to Breaking Tea. Guys, let's talk about the Bayou Bengals, okay? Uh, I don't know how much you got to watch of that AM game, but I brought it up on uh, the Tweeter machine. And it's interesting to me that we're watching a team already locked up their division coming into the SEC championship game, effectively getting smoked uh, against another SEC team to end the season. I can't think of a year where this happened. It's uh, pretty unique. Tell you what, two things, man. Um, didn't expect that to happen. And while I don't think LSU played well, Texas A&M didn't really look like a three and eight team either. Texas A&M kind of played well. Um, it wasn't exactly just LSU, you know, peeing down their leg. Um, I just I thought Texas A&M kind of showed up and looked like it had talent for once. That's what season. college football is all about, man. Yeah, that's what it is. And, and that that team played with some pride. And I can't remember who said it. I was listening to SCXM radio. Somebody said it would be so Jimbo for LSU, for Texas A&M to beat LSU. And so Jimbo it was, man. I don't know if it was the Spencer Rattler is what we've seen the last couple of weeks. But Jimbo Jimboed hard on Saturday. Spencer, Spencer. He's, he's possessed by a demon, man. Rattler, <laughs> Rattler is Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam when he gets all of his powers back. Yeah, right? with the, <laughs> Michael's secret stuff, man. I mean, <laughs> he got the secret stuff. He got some of uh, he got some of Baby Billy's uh, COVIDs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal, uh, he, though. It's he unreal. Is, he's, he's on fire. He's on Magic fire. Elixir. I, I say it's what makes college football great, but really, it's kind of NFL-like. You can get popped by anybody in the SEC. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are, which division you won, whatever you have going on. And yes, uh, Jaden Daniels, the reports are that he is in a walking booth, the uh, LSU quarterback. I, I'm still I'm still on this, guys. I think, I think LSU could still beat Georgia. Uh, is that a crazy thing to say? It's not – I don't think that's impossible, but I will say this. I feel like LSU is a perfect matchup, and we were talking about this earlier, right, the idea of USC being such a dangerous matchup. Jaden Daniels is, is the closest thing that you're going to run into to uh, Caleb Williams, in my opinion, and I think that that's something that works in Georgia's favor moving forward. Now, can LSU affect you? I think LSU absolutely has that capability at any time. Um you know, I'm not going to really point to that Bama game because this is a weird year for Bama, uh, especially when you go back and look at the opposing uh, records for these guys. But I think that LSU has enough talent on the field, and that's a good coaching staff over there, that they can present a problem at any point. But I don't necessarily see it as a, a situation where Georgia should be wringing its hands. The line's 15. At the open now, I think it'll close a little uh, a little slighter than that. But mm. I think that this is uh, a game that sets up well for Georgia if you're talking about getting through this game and preparing for a team like uh, uh, USC. I don't the, line, the line's kind of all over the place as far as lines go. I mean, you, uh, sitting 19 and a half, 17 and a half, 15, I think 19 and a half. Oh my half. god! Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to close closer than 15. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. No, I don't think it's going to close any closer to seventeen. Personally, yeah. Um, but yeah, that as far as lines go, I mean, you know, these days, uh, I mean, it's 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 kind of all over the place, and I find that you know pretty weird because, um, you know, that was it was kind of the range that you know Palmer and I were talking about here recently. Um, you know, fifteen and a half to to nineteen and a half is kind of where we had it. So um, I'm I'm seeing it here. I'm looking at Circus Sports. Uh, Seventeen and a half is what I'm seeing there for their conference championship games. It a, is that, the, that feels like a lot to me. I don't I don't think that's the biggest spread in SEC championship game history, but it seems like it should be like top three. But but I mean, it does seem like a lot. But then if you watch, kind of, you know, listen, you know what Texas A&M is. Listen, as far as the eyeball test, I said it. Like I mean, they didn't look like a three and eighteen. 
else. It didn't look like they were a balanced, you know, going to, you know. Well, the consistent thing for LSU that if you're a Georgia fan, you got to love is they can't block anybody. It it seems like Uh, Arkansas got after them. Uh, A&M getting after them. I mean, Daniels, if he's, if he's hurt, he's not able to mobility and he's getting that kind of pressure. Brian Kelly said they felt good about it, that they felt good about him being able to go. Um, so I, mean, right. I suspect that he'll he'll be there. He may be a little bit more limited, but they've they it, it, his bugaboo has been they've got good wide receivers and he just can't get them involved. They got booty. Uh, how about how about the yeah, you Palmer, you I was about to I was about to uh box these guys out here. You were about to say something about this matchup. No, no, no. So I, I went and looked up. Um, this is an article from Saturday Down South. Uh, has since 2013. That 17 and a half would be the biggest uh, of the really? 1992 to 2013. So I don't know 2014 on, but prior to that, we had a 14 point spread Tennessee over Mississippi State in I feel like one of those games was probably and and yeah 14 and a half Auburn over Tennessee and I think there was another 14 Florida Alabama in 1996 Florida was a 14 and a half point favorite Shout so out I, don't, I don't I don't know about 2014 on but from 1992 when the game started to 2013 uh, 17 and a half would be the biggest spread. What was the spread in 13? Mm. Let's say 13, two points, Missouri minus two. Wait a minute. What? Wait, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> that was a Nick. That was Nick Marshall Auburn team. They lost. No way. They were no way Missouri was favored. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> Jake, Jake, Rose I mean, Jake Rose team was pretty stout. <laughs> Get uh get uh get our friend Dave McMahon or Patrick Gardner. <laughs> Those guys from over at UGA Sports, the two historians, they will figure shout, out. Shout out to Palmer for promoting the competition too. 2014, <laughs> there was a 14 and a half point spread. Again, uh Alabama was a 14 point favorite, a 14 and a half point favorite over Missouri. Yeah. That year. 15, 17 and a half. Alabama was a 17 and a half point favorite over Florida. 16 says they were huge favorites versus Florida again, 21 and a half. So oh, there wow. you go. 2016 Alabama uh, favored by 20 plus in the SEC championship. That would be prove West correct. Jim McElwain. Just, it just, people tried, uh, to, people tried to kill him. There have been some, there have been some really good Bama teams coming through Atlanta. So that's what makes me think about that. Um, so, guys, when we look back at this Georgia season, obviously going undefeated back-to-back years is great. Um, I'm just kind of fascinated and honestly impressed with Georgia fans not even being phased by that. It's uh, it's already, you know, w- what's going on with the offense? Do we have a do we have a shot to repeat? I mean, it's I I love that Georgia fans are where their feet are right now. It's no time to appreciate the legacy of the team and, and the program, but it's pretty special. I mean, this is, this is unreal right now. And I think if we were kind of outside of this, taking a step back and had the luxury to do that, we don't, <laughs> we're, we are nose to the grindstone on this team every day. It's just stupid right now where the dogs are and, uh, and, and how far they've come pretty quickly. I'm curious, too, I, and I was thinking about this before we started the show. It, look, winning a national championship is incredibly difficult. There's no question about that. I, I no, I'm not trying to make that argument. But to go back-to-back undefeated in the regular season is an accomplishment that very, very, very few teams have, have been able to pull off. And Only I think three it, SEC I, teams have won, what was it, gone 8-0 in the SEC back-to-back years? Yeah, I, I I mean, I, there's at least in my mind, I'm not saying it's the same, but I'm saying there's an argument to be made that that is as difficult as pulling off a national championship, in, in my opinion. Uh, I, I won't argue with it. I won't. I will not shut you down on that. I would say this. I, I've been impressed. We see 
we see a lot of Georgia discussion, more than most people, I would say. With the message so. board, <laughs> comments, uh, with Facebook comments, we see more than most. Man, I just I don't see any Georgia fans talking about, you know, doing the whole manner. I mean, are, can you guys believe how special? Like, this no, no is? one is doing it, and I don't know Hold how on. to put it into words, but that's what I'm they, impressed, fascinated, amazed with. Yeah, it's there's a it's almost like. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's what you say, Wes, because because you made a good point there of folks just being where their feet are and, and just kind of I don't know taking it one game at a time. Maybe everybody's part of the process now. It, Kirby gave everybody an axe and everybody's chopping, and that's why this thing's awesome. I don't know. I don't really don't want to feed the people who might believe that you have no impact. Okay, you have you mean nothing time you make it a game, and, and I love you all. Well, you mean something to us. You mean nothing to Georgia success. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's that. I don't know, man. If Tracy doesn't put her uh, Georgia Bulldog socks on, the dogs can might you, lose. Can you imagine you know? the, the rushing yardage that would have been left on the table if Nick Chubb's mom didn't turn the bathroom light on it? <laughs> you know, that was apparently that was his superstition. You know, I mean, how, who knows? Thousands of yards were at stake. Uh, no, but uh, it's either that or it's some discipline. It's like some. You know, the, the, the pitcher's down here at the end of the bench, and we're going to sit all the way down here, and we're going to let him throw his no-hitter, and we're not going to bother him. Yeah. Uh, but, but I swear to God, man, it drove me crazy more this season than any other. We would post the game time for, for, a, for a game, we'd, you know, whether it's Tennessee or whatever. We'd post it, and it was without fail. Five of the first ten comments were going to be, let's just let's let's first because it's done two weeks ahead of time and they're like let's take care of so and so first then we'll yeah. and i'm just like, we don't even want to acknowledge that there's a game coming up is it this one they're watching the press conferences yeah. man are, i'm watching the press conference right now i'll read this after they have big respect for Stanford. they got big respect for missouri they got i mean it's it yeah dude it's it, it, if it's a hotel really didn't need booking i wouldn't read it at all <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to wink, wink, nod, nod at all the fans, dogs out there. It's, uh, it's great. And it's, it's not what I expected. I kind of thought Georgia fans might take a little victory lap season, but like you said, bro, uh, I think Kirby Smart's got everybody chopping wood right now. You, if you think about it, they are, they are like, they're Kirby's people, you know, Kirby says, show up. Yes, let's do this and make the world talk about it. Okay? Kirby yells at a beat reporter. He yeah. sucks. Yeah. yeah, we're back there, man. We're back there. I mean, why do you think? I mean, I, Palmer. Palm surprised Palmer hasn't stepped in it just yet. The man, the man, the man can hold a coup at the the Georgia the Georgia yeah. capital. There's no question about yeah. it. We can take he, he, he can eat insurrection <laughs> of Georgians into a foreign country. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, sign on that one, but you're probably not wrong. Um, <laughs> let's get to a hunker download, guys. Best things we saw uh, surrounding. Can we, can we find the meme? All right, well, I found it. It's not the exact one you wanted, so. Oh God, it was so good. But you can set it up and you can explain it. Here's yeah. the best thing I saw, and it's kind of uh, combining a lot of my interest in one. <laughs> Yes. Oh God. I did see this one. You would say like that this is the one I wanted to use. <laughs> it's like it's like a turd Ferguson uh tip of the cap, no pun intended, to Norm McDonald. Big hat. If you, want a big hat let me know. if you want a big hat, let me know, dude. I like that. Somebody in the comments, and they said they said they were right about it. If you have a friend as good as Brian Robinson, you need to count yourself lucky. That is unbelievable. Like, <laughs> if you want a big hat, let me know. The man, the, the attention to detail, and it just came out of nowhere. Like, there's no context to this at all. You can tell it's after the game, but there's no other context. It just says Brian Robinson said his friend has a quote unquote big hat company. If you want a big hat, let me know. There's nothing else. It's not a thread, it's not part of any other remarks on the game. Falcons just handed this one to us. Uh, we we just persisted. Uh, love our quarterback Taylor Heineke. None of that. Just a big hat. So uh, big fan. I of had that. no idea this was coming. 
And I had no idea this happened today. Isn't it? I've been alive for 39 years, top 25 things I've ever seen. Isn't it beautiful? I've got tears in my eyes. It's the big hat. Uh, all right, Jake, I found yours, kind of. So Jake yeah, my, texted my us this morning. Jake was really fired up about this hunker download. Oh, God, it cracked me up, um, and he sent out a very specific request. Here is the here is the content. All right, it's Spencer Rattler pulling off the Joe Burrow impression with the cigar. Now Joe Burrow won a national championship before smoking this. Stick here. I said, is, stick. That, is that what it was? That, I said that was stick. a post Alabama. Uh, no, that, I, that was national championship. That's the natty one. Yeah. yeah. Both, both those are after beating Clemson. That's right. Yeah. They, they there don't... you go. All right. So maybe it's a Clemson cigar. Cigars. I forgot about that. The cigar is a Tennessee Alabama thing. No. So, Jake, set up what, what was it that you saw? So, I saw because I think the joke Burrow. is pretty funny. Yeah. I saw one of Joe Burrow on top. And then it had, uh, then it had um, Spencer Rattler on the bottom, and the one on top says basically, uh, both of them have the blue check mark on Twitter, and one of them, and Joe Burrow's beside Joe Burrow, it says, you know, uh, Twitter verified because credible source, you know, strong content creator, whatever, 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 and then it goes down, and it shows Spencer Rattler, and it says, <laughs> Twitter blue ver- verified. Hmm. Paid for paid for subscription to Twitter or whatever, and I just thought you know with the current thing, it, it's better if you can actually see it. It's nowhere near as funny as what we just saw. Would uh, need a big hat? Let me know. Um, no, I, I that, get it. It's a good meme. Oh my god, it's that's... a good meme. Um, y'all uh, hit subscribe on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel. Appreciate all y'all tuning in tonight, uh, as you do every Sunday night at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. I want to wrap us up with the uh, kind of un, uh, un, uncategorized conversation because we're going to get to our dog stocks to wrap up the show. Um, Georgia and Atlanta, yet again, I know you guys are saying, you know, maybe it, it, maybe Georgia needs a change of scenery. Maybe they need to go out and see a cactus or two and uh, hit the reset button. But they've already won in Atlanta once. They just beat the brakes off Tech. It was a little interesting at first, and I could see LSU going for broke to start the game just like Tech did. You know, what What do they have to lose now? They can't make the college football playoff. Let's go out there and win one for Brian Kelly's family, you know? Uh, regardless of what happens, i got to think that Georgia should be number one uh, if they win the game, that is. And they could be in Atlanta yet again. It's your home state. You saw how crazy the Dogs fans can be in that Tennessee game. You get enough red in that building. I think they influenced the Oregon game, too. Uh, You get enough red in that building in in this postseason, LSU and or CFP semifinal game. This week, this game right here against the Tigers could set the tone big time for Georgia in its chances uh, to repeat as national champions. Hard to argue that. I, I think that this is uh, absolutely going to give you a sense of which Georgia team you, I mean, is it going to be the Georgia team that comes out slow, sluggish, you know, has gotten off to some of these weird starts? Uh, or is this going to go back to, you know, a team that's controlling from the jump? And if that's the case, I think that that's going to shake everybody that uh, lies in Georgia's path. If they look like they did against, you know, the early parts of Tech, people are going to feel like that's a more vulnerable team. Um, I, I think, which is fair. I, I thought that they looked vulnerable yesterday um, early on in that. And they, they did against Auburn for that first half. Uh, it points in the Florida game as well. I mean, there have been those opportunities throughout the year. If George is able to come out in this SEC championship game and set the tone from the jump, I think that that's going to strike fear in a lot of the uh, potential opponents that they'll have to play moving forward. But, We'll see. I, I I don't know. I they they haven't been consistent about that. No. Well, and 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 one thing I'll add to that is this is this is an important SEC championship game to them because Kirby Kirby said it on Scott Van Pelt uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was before the Mississippi State game. Uh, yeah, Kirby that, that gives SVP all the good about. answers. 
And then basically backed out of saying something about it tonight, by the way. He, he did. He did. Uh, he, he said it a couple weeks ago and has, has not said it again, but has been asked about it a couple times. Uh, but essentially what he said was that this winning the SEC championship is something that this team set out to do because last year's team didn't. And, you know, d- looking back over the course of his career, uh, you know, Kirby as a head coach, this will be his fifth trip to Atlanta. He is one and three in his previous four trips. Um, Georgia, one and three in four previous games against LSU in Atlanta. Um, you know, th- th- this is an important one, I think. I-, I think, and, and you know, going back to the conversation we had earlier about, you know, this offense maybe holding some stuff back. I think that they've understood that this game was out there for a couple weeks. And I think that they probably have been holding some stuff back because they know how important this game is for setting the tone for the rest of the season, but also because it's, it's an opportunity to do something that hasn't been done around Athens all too often, uh, only once under Kirby smart. Conventional wisdom says that you got 12 quarters between you and something special and you'll, you'll, you know, you'll swing, Every punch you'll throw, you'll swing like that. Um, we'll see if Georgia does it because uh, if they do, I just don't think anybody can beat them. I don't. It's not that I don't think anybody will beat them. I don't think anybody can beat them. Like I don't think Michigan can play its A plus perfect game and beat Georgia's A plus perfect game. And I think Michigan may be the only team that has a chance to beat Georgia. Maybe, um, but we'll see. Uh, it, it's just a, it, Kirby Smart is a hundred percent right about this team. It's about them. It's about how well they play. I'm with that. No doubt. All right, guys, dog stocks. I'm going to stock up on uh, Kirby Smart's tie game. The uh, appreciation for Coach Dooley this season has been pretty cool. It's been cool to watch. I think Kirby's a guy that understands there's a uh, passing of the torch going on in this program. Obviously, Coach Dooley hasn't coached in a long time, but <laughs> – until Kirby did it, he was the only guy that had a natty within the past, you know, hundred years. It felt like so. Uh, Georgia's in a really special era. We've hammered that. We've hit that hard. But everyone around the program with history. I mean, I hear guys like Lauren Smith saying that this is the best run of Georgia football he's seen. You know, even considering what Dooley's teams did, it's hard to do. And uh, I, I just have to go stock up on on just Kirby Smart's, I hate to say legacy. He's not done coaching yet. But everything that he appreciates uh, about the history of where he's at and how uh, meaningful it is to be Georgia's head coach, that's also a pretty cool sidebar story uh, for Georgia fans to be a part of this season. Yeah, I'm going to do stock up on Keely Ringo. All right. And here's why. Georgia fans are beating this guy up, like, almost like he's given up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown over the last few weeks. I mean, they're they're talking about moving this cat linebacker or something like edge rusher. I mean, like, who I, said I that? I mean, I'm I'm joking. I'm, that's hyperbole. They're talking about moving him to safety, like strong safety, like borderline linebacker. Um, guys, listen, you, they put these corners in tough spots. Kamari Lassiter was getting beat like a drum early in the year. Um, he kind of got beat. He gets beat like a drum about as often as Keely Ringo does. That's because teams are attacking him with timing routes and other double moves, things of that nature. It's going to happen. They're going to get beat. But let me tell you something Keely Ringo doesn't do. He doesn't stay beat. And what I mean by that is, yeah, he, he'll he miss the tackle early in the game, did it against Tennessee, did it against Mississippi State, did it against Kentucky, did it against, uh, did it against Georgia Tech, had a drive – questionable pi maybe a legit pi who knows it happens it's going to happen to him once or twice but then he's going to come back and he's going to make a play he did it against tennessee gave up a couple plays came back made the pick that basically turned the game into overdrive for georgia um came back against mississippi state had a couple pass breakups late came back against kentucky got another pick in that game after giving up a big play on the first drive and then came back and broke up three passes after having one bad drive against uh Georgia Tech. Georgia fans, I know I know you like to beat up on Keely Ringo because he picked off that pass and he was a five-star prospect number one cornerback in the country and he won a game for Georgia. 
that's what Keely Ringo is. He comes up with big plays in big games for your football team. He's not going to go out there and give up nothing for nothing. Very few do. Um, he, he's probably not DeAndre Baker. He probably not Eric Stokes, but he's right there and he's really good. And folks need to stop hating on him. Stock up on Keely Ringo because that dude may lose a few battles, but he wins the war just about every game. Cornerbacks always get that spotlight, don't they? They do. They do. They'll miss him when he's gone, I think. No um, doubt. I'm going, I'm going stock up tonight on Brian McClendon uh, because you're talking about some excellent scouting jobs and some excellent recruiting jobs by that guy in this class. Four four-star wide receivers currently committed in this class with the addition of Anthony Evans last Friday. I think that that was a huge pickup for Georgia. They were looking for dudes who can run. They got a lot of guys who can block. They got a lot of guys with solid hands. They need those game-breaking speed guys. Anthony Evans is one of those dudes. Yazid Haynes takes a step forward in the rankings as well, gains his fourth star, number 20 wide receiver in this class per on three, and a guy who had a tremendous senior year. Um, I think Brian McClennan doing an outstanding job at a position where Georgia really needed, uh, quite frankly, an upgrade uh, in, in terms of talent. But like I said, a lot of guys who did a lot of things well Anthony Evans, uh, a, a special player, a guy with a lot of speed and a guy that um, I, I think people need to be excited about because he is exactly what you need in today's world. Can I keep us on, on this for a moment? If you go to Anthony Evans' huddle, um, the top video he's got pinned on his profile is just called Blocks. It's just him blocking people. <laughs> You think they love that in Athens? I, uh, I, bet, uh, I bet Kirby Smart is uh, thrilled. I think they're that. drooling like English Bulldogs watching I, that. Listen, go, go watch the not blocking tape, and this kid is taking the Yeah, that's that's out there. You can find that, and yeah, you can it, read all about him it's on his recruiting page uh, at, at On3. But I thought that was pretty cool. Tough, for, tough, for, tough loss for uh, Oklahoma. Kirby, Kirby puts that blocking <laughs> film on and leans it up against something on his bathroom counter. Rushes his teeth, puts on his deodorant. That's how he starts his day. Yes, that's just how he does. He goes, man, I love it. He probably tells that kid that's what he does. That sounds like, that sounds like some corny BS you'd hear out of, a, out of a head coach recruiting a kid. Man, I'll tell you what. I brush my teeth to your block, son. <laughs> put on my deodorant. Katie can't put on my deodorant till I watch you block me. Like I said, too, watch out for Yazid Haynes. I go watch that senior tape on that kid. Really, really good stuff on him. He is an outstanding player. And that raw athleticism starting to transition over. That's what I love actually about this recruiting class for the wide receivers. You got Tyler Williams. He's only been playing football for a couple of years. Anthony Evans, I think, still young in his game to some degree. And then you look at Yazid Haynes, he's taking massive steps forward as well. There's a lot to be excited about with that. Group. He may not be quite as big, but Yazid Haynes reminds me a little bit of Chris Conley. Mm. Oh, yeah, I can see that for sure. That kind of raw athlete. No, no, no question about it. I well, remember Steve, you remember his combine. That was that was so yeah. to me. That was so upsetting to me. Like when, when he showed up and did all that stuff, I was like, what in the hell have we been these guys? Well, been he he left George in receiving two seasons in a row. I know, I know, but it felt like with that kind of stuff, he should have been doing so much. Those are just some lean, lean years. Underwear Olympics, man. Speaking of uh, of somebody that I think will do well at the Combine, not this year uh, because he's still got to come back to Georgia, but Smile Munden sneaking up the list here uh, in terms of Georgia's leading tackler this year. Of course, he missed two games, but he has come back from that on a tear uh, and has led the Bulldogs in tackles the last three games. Um, you know, I was doing rest and react this morning and, you know, felt – typically defense is, is harder to to get some notes on, um, you know, during the game. I, I think off, offense is a lot easier to, to, you know, pick out the highlights and stuff, and defense kind of takes a little bit of a, a of going through with it, uh, you know, a second time. And um, But, you know, one person that stands out every week on that stat sheet is Smile Munden, and that's because he's always at the top. Um, Ten games so far this season, two less than Jamon Dumas-Johnson, and he has and, – and two less than Malachi Starks, but I, I think it's easier to compare Smile and Jamon uh, because they play the same position. He has one less tackle than them. They've got 59. Mm. He's got 58. 
Um, you know, I, I, it's, I've just been very, very impressed by Smile Munden this year. I uh, feel like he's always, always around the ball. Um, he's somebody that, that has just really, really impressed me. I, I think, you know, Jamon is is more that Nakobe type of guy that, that's just a really good college linebacker. And and I think that Nakobe still can be a good pro linebacker. And I think Jamon can be too. Um, you know, there's a reason he's a finalist for the Butkus Award as a sophomore uh, in, in his first season as a starter. But I think Smile Munden is going to be – the Quay Walker kind of guy that, that blows up, uh, you know, in, in the draft process blows up, uh, you know, in, in early in his NFL career, uh, Quay doing incredible things with, with the Packers already smile doing incredible things this year at Georgia. And, and I think, you know, the same thing could be said stock up for Glenn Schumann uh, and, and the way that he recruits the way that he develops that inside linebacker room, uh, really cool to watch that position get a complete overhaul this year, uh, but no drop off in terms of their production on the field. Paulding County. Smile yeah. has uh, six and a half tackles this year without the benefit of a sack, which is uh, kind of tough to do these days. And uh, and I always kind of look for it in linebackers, like how many tackles for a loss do you do you have, and then subtract the number of sacks from it. How many of those were like you going and getting it on a running back and Smile Monday. Or, or a receiver in small money just keeps doing it week in and week out. A lot of reasons to smile. And on that note, I'll end this show because we've been going for almost an hour. Appreciate y'all tuning in, keeping the comments hot. This is an exciting week for all of us at Dogs HQ. We'll have a couple extra, uh, maybe not a couple, but maybe one extra live show leading up to the game. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but you can always count on joining us 8.30 p.m. Eastern every Sunday and Wednesday and post-game as well. And uh, myself, Jake Rowe, and Palmer will be at the SEC Championship game against LSU. So we are all fired up about that. We love going down to uh, the house that Arthur Blank built, getting that soft-serve ice cream machine going, and uh, everything else that comes along with an SEC Championship game, guys. It's, it's not – Often you get to uh, to see this happen, and like Palmer pointed out, Georgia is starving to get one of these on the wall again because it's been a while, relatively speaking. DogsHQ.com, premium content, $10 for a month right now. Uh, so take advantage of that. Jake Roos with a lot of premium recruiting insight. Jake Rowe and Palmer with a lot of premium team insight and me with some premium whatever I feel like writing about. But I promise it's all worth it. Thank you all for watching this. It's always worth it for us. Dogs and Bayou Bengals, yet again. It's never close when these two teams meet in the SEC championship game, guys. I wonder which way that will uh, sway this time around. Thanks for tuning in to Dogs HQ. We'll catch you next time. Peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.